0: And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, conversationalists across the fruited plain, Mr. and Mrs. America, all the ships at sea, the people from the wrong side of the tracks, captains courageous, princes of the universe, and the ladies who lunch. It is open line Friday we've made it through another week. We've survived. (laughs) World War III looms large. Energy crisis. Food shortages. But, you know, it's okay. We're going to get through it. It is Friday. We've managed to last this long and we've got five days without an incident here at the at the uh, at the bunker. Uh, welcome, everybody. We are live here, and uh, those of you who are with us live, I see. Uh, I see plenty of people in the chat already. Cams here, Keely, Sean, Matt Ween, Dave, Zivestnob. All of you here, welcome. Good to have you with us, and uh, good to have all of you who are listening to this show as a podcast from all around the world. And, uh... We'll get to... We've got a few things to do. Open Line Friday means that you get to determine the course of the conversation. we got plenty of things to talk about. Uh, Sci-Fi says, I came for cake. <laughs> I don't think we have any cake. Do we have any cake? We don't have any cake. <laughs> That's okay. Well, I got coffee. Uh, I got coffee. And this... This retro original logo mug will eventually be available in the in the uh, in the shop. Once I set up the shop. (coughs) And there's some good news this week. I mean Star Trek Discovery's done. I guess that's something. Yeah. (laughs) Friday's yeah, too too lazy to plan a show, so I let the audience do it. You know, I gotta have one week. I gotta have one week. Right. One day mm-hmm. per week where uh, where I can... Yeah, anyway. All right, so yes. What, you
1: don't want to uh, hand it over to me?
0: I did that this week.
1: I know. And, Don't you and, trust
0: me? Well, should I? Because, um, let's see, what was, what was that audio glitch in Odyssey that somehow we ended up getting an endless repeating loop? <laughs> well, okay,
1: and the fact that I had, what, three promos going on at once?
0: Yeah. Oh, but wait, hold, wait, wait
1: hold. If I remember right, wasn't there a day this week you were having some I've done problems? it. I've done it.
0: Yeah, oh, I, oh, 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 I, oh, oh. I've done
1: it. And I think I think if I remember, you had more problems in your show than I did in my show. Like you, you got me by one. So yeah, I'm just
0: I don't count them. Uh-huh. I do.
1: Cause <laughs> I'm gonna be the good wife and make sure you hear about it in like five years.
0: That's not a good wife. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> <Yes>. So everybody, <laughs> yes. by the way, I'm sure that's that's not that's not what a good wife does.
1: So today, guys, is Mr. Boss's birthday. I am going to throw this out there. Day. It is not just another day. It just is the day, day that his parents blessed us with his presence in the world.
0: Just another day.
1: And so, and technically, make sure.
0: Technically, we haven't gotten there yet because I was born at 5:40 p.m. Central time, so I've still got a little bit of time to be the age you are so now. So it's just it's just a regular regular day. Uh,
1: anyway, so everybody has to call in and say happy birthday. No, you don't. Or if you want to sing "Happy Birthday,"
0: Maybe. or
1: go out and find one of those AI bots and it was on the raining. internet.
0: It was raining when I was born, just like today. It See? is
1: raining. See, it's a sign that no, it's not it's just not. another day. No, it's not.
0: It's just another. So
1: day. everybody, like I said. <coughs> Go out there, get those AI bots, and see what they have to say for Mr. Boss's yeah. birthday. And, that could be fun. Cam, Cam,
0: not only was I a weird evening baby, I was also breach. So I was trouble from the get-go. I, I, I'll, I'll start with it. Uh, so are you
1: sitting there and saying that with your trouble from the get-go? But now you're just a boring old man. I am. I so you am got rid boring. of all your fun. I am boring. Popping I, I out. Have
0: no fun. I am no fun at all. Just ask anybody. I. I mean, sci-fi snob knows for sure. I am. I am no fun. Speaking of um, trouble, and and no fun, and 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 days of celebration. Richard Hogue is coming back online. Virtual legality coming back today. At 4 p.m. Eastern, any of you who have been uh, following this story, he is recovering from a stroke. He has been on some live streams uh, in the last couple of weeks. He's still going through physical therapy and stuff, but it's good to see him coming back. Virtual legality is uh, is a pretty strong program looking at the legal side of a lot of stuff, especially the gaming stuff. He's been following this Activision uh, Xbox thing for a while, so uh, so there is that. Mrs. boss over there with her artichokes
1: <laughs> they're fun <coughs> and it's a way to get mayonnaise into the box yeah
0: anyway okay so um something that I did not that I haven't talked about yet but this 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 popped up uh, this week uh, this week over on tourcom and I want to I want to run through this real quick because it's kind of a it's It's not what you think it is from the headline. The headline, Ben Sisko's Non-Linear, Non-Binary Arc in Deep Space Nine's Emissary Saved All My Lives. This is Jonathan Alexandratos. Uh, And when I first saw Non-Binary, I thought, oh, here we go. And this—I'm not going to go through this whole thing, but this essay basically talks about how Benjamin Sisko's approach to his his command process is uh, much more finding the third option, finding the other options, as opposed to just one thing or the other. Now, this article also clearly demonstrates that Mr. Alexandrados has never served in the military because— you know there are certain things in here they're called orders Maverick. I mean Benjamin Sisko is ordered to command this station and yeah, he's given a choice. you follow the orders or you resign and you know you have these you have these these uh, polar opposite type of of choices, but the language. That's in this. It, it keeps coming back to Benjamin Sisko as non-binary because he keeps looking for that third option. You know, red pill or blue pill. Well, I want to find the green pill. I want to. I want to find the the uh, the the orange pill. I want to find the the pill that's not a pill. Yeah, and, and but the language that's used continuing back to reference Ben Cisco as a non-binary type of person this is this is where the corruption of the language starts to go in because people are going to start seeing that and they're going to say oh Ben Cisco is down by now people on the progressive side of things are going to see this as well, Ben Cisco's a non-binary hero. Of course, we're going to embrace this. And the people on the right side of things, on the far right are going to sit there and they'll be reactionary and they'll say, "What do you mean he's a non-binary character?" And they'll look at the headline and they won't read the article.
1: The fact that th- what they're talking about is he's open-minded, looking for other
0: options. Yeah. I mean, it's the it, the it, element is... of
1: surprise, I think, is something that is constantly <laughs> being brought up.
0: It's it's one of those things where I'm like this is not this is not what you want it to be this is this is you're making a case for something but you're using the wrong words for this and you know he's putting it into context of his battle with depression and all they say and that's great you find something you latch onto it makes you feel better about yourself you can identify with some okay great but it's it's all couched in mental health, Word choices that kind of start to this is this is part of the corruption of language. You know, because over the last couple of two, or three years, especially, this word non-binary uh, has come to mean a certain thing, especially because of the transgender activists out there. And now we see uh, was it Hershey? Hershey doing a, a commercial for International Women's Day that's got a transgender person. And uh, across the bottom, underneath the name, you've got this really long alphabet soup that starts 2SLGBTQIA+. I thought, 2S, what is that? And then it hit me, two-spirit. So not only is this person transgender and part of the LGBTQ thing, but this also now gets into this two-spirit thing, which, you know, this whole non-binary... It just keeps piling on. And now this this community, this group of people, want to retroactively start making a number of these characters non-binary, bisexual, look what they're trying to do to Luke Skywalker. And it's going to continue unless we sit there and say no thank you it stops here we have to push back against this stuff so it it's just something something that popped up on the radar this week and irritated me just a little bit i just you know and then we've got this this is uh this is bounding into comics At, uh, atomic heart That was the game that that came under fire after Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, Atomic Heart of uh, Sales, I think, um, beat Hogwarts Legacy. I think it it topped out at number one and and knocked Hogwarts Legacy out. (coughs) But the game company has apologized for using old Soviet Union cartoons. Specifically, there's one in particular uh, that's, that's set in a museum where you have a statue... Uh, of an African warrior and here's the picture here. you see see what it looks like. And it it's not a very uh, racially sensitive depiction. However, this this game is set in the Soviet Union at the time when this show this cartoon was was popular and it's uh, it's it's one of these things where how much how much of the cultural context gets lost in translation because you've got people that are that are overly overly sensitive to this stuff and they just want to they just want to complain. They just want to find things to complain about.
1: Well, it's funny that you say that because I'm thinking back to a conversation that was in a meeting I had been sitting in and there was some concerns over a policy type deal that we were doing and we were going to make some adjustments to please some, you know, of our, the co-workers and other areas of our business here. And they're like, okay, we'll, we'll find out, you know, we'll go back and let them know that this is what's going to happen and find out what the next one is. Yeah. because it essentially and it comes down to the same kind of like this general groups of people it's like oh well they gave in on this now what yeah. because it's like if you give in it's well, like a, it's like a kid who is throwing a tantrum and you don't feed into the fact that they're making a scene you're just like okay that's fine well now
0: what it's the offended olympics how much can Ooh, I, I, I be like offended that term. how much can i be offended I can be more offended than you are. And there can be more things my beer. There can be more things that offend me than what offend you. And and, you know, Mazers talks about this contest of trying to one up each other in terms of representation and identity. It's the same kind of thing. I'm gonna keep adding to the pile of things that offend me and I'm gonna complain about it, even though it's likely likely that these people are not even buying this stuff they're not <clears throat> They're not buying the game they want to complain about the game they want to change the game and in this particular case munfish is actually saying they're going to make a change of the game i'm not sure how they're going to do it because it's part of an overall bigger segment that's going to be a lot of work to get rid of that one little thing in inside this module so
1: uh, when are they going to be offended by the rainbow so that i can actually start liking it again
0: well, you know, Christians need to take the rainbow back, and and at that point, maybe, maybe it will, uh, maybe it will be a thing. Maybe. I don't know. All right, I'm gonna put the uh, I'm gonna put the link in the chat for people to join the call. Transylvania six five thousand is the number this week.
1: You know, I'm sitting here and I'm I'm thinking a little bit here. Being a victim has never been easier to try and make a living from. Okay, well. Can we find something for them to be offended on so that we can make a living? <laughs> There's well, got to be something, you
0: know. Uh, yeah. Well, and stops right. The bigger your audience, the more likely the chance of not offending someone approaches zero. I, I have. We have already, in a couple of instances, we have already uh, put in uh, uh, our our. Part to offend people. We Where's had the, Gary? We had the uh, well, I you know, Gary hasn't shown up in a lo- in a long while, so I don't know. Um,
1: and another thing, I think it was Mazers was talking about speech and identities and stuff. When are they going to start attacking like foreign languages? I was talking to a coworker today in Spanish, <laughs> and you have to sit there and everything's law or L. You, you, know, you missed Spanish. that
0: article, didn't you?
1: I probably did. There's are they already on there?
0: I don't know if it was. Uh, where was it? Um, I want to say. I want to say it was New York Times, but it's probably not. There was a headline that uh, it basically said people speaking Spanish are transphobic because Spanish is a gendered language, and so you, if you, if you speak Spanish, then by default, <laughs> you're transphobic. Because because the Spanish language is transphobic because it's it's gendered and binary, I'm like, boy, that's a stretch. That is so much of a stretch. But but 2023 bingo card is filled blank. Of course you're gonna do that.
1: There was something I saw earlier that would be good for your uh, bingo card. I don't remember. I'll think of it.
0: I you know I I'm. <laughs> I have a, I have a wonder if if maybe I should have uh, two bingo cards. <clears throat> if I could, ha- if I have one that's specific to the genre framework that we're in here, you know, science fiction, fantasy, horror, whatever, mm-hmm. and then one that's our dystopian future bingo card. They may overlap quite a bit, so it might be it might be you know duplication of effort, but.
1: It's funny. I had a friend I was talking to about some of the books that we have and if they're ever interested. And they asked if we had any dystopian, you know, type whatever. book. I'm like, do you get the newspaper?
0: <laughs> it's all dystopian future these days. Um, yeah. I, it, it. Somebody. Uh, what was it? I think we were talking. Uh, I guess it was was it month. It was Wednesday night. David Luxton was a was a guest. I think it was it might have been it might have been while I was talking to Preston Fossil Wednesday afternoon. One of those one of those interviews, one of them said, I think it was Preston. Basically, we go through these periods of time in history where things are so bad. Yeah, it was Preston. Things are so bad. You look at the the mid the 70s, you had Watergate, Vietnam. Uh, gas prices, the oil shortage, the energy crisis, you know, Carter, the hostage situation, all that. And you had all of this, all of this uh, horror that came out of that time period. And now you, the stories that we tell are a product of the age in which we live. Uh, Tim and I have talked about this a little bit over on H2O. The the things, the stories that we tell, whether they're escapes From the thing we're experiencing now, or if they're a projection forward of this is where we could go if we stay on this course or, you know, those kind of things, they tend they have a tendency to cycle back into that uh, that that realm of what kind of stories are told dystopian future. Or in the case of Star Trek, you know, we wanna we wanna to aspire to be better. We wanna we wanna do more and be better and and, and improve ourselves. <laughs> Billy Carter was the real surprise horror of the seventy. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mazer says the age in which we live is about reboots. JJ Abrams copies plot arc and dialogue from Wrath of Khan. People love it, it makes sense. Well, okay. I gotta say though. Uh, first first episode of, of season three of Picard kind of copied and pasted a little bit from Wrath of Khan, and they made it work. So it's not necessarily... <clears throat> I gotta be careful here. It's not necessarily the fact that they copied something, because imitation happens. You're gonna have, you know, it's like poetry, it rhymes. You know, you've got those kind of things that show up every now and again thematically. Uh, Excuse me. There it is, just right out of nowhere. Sorry, folks.
1: So I thought you were laughing at one of their comments.
0: (laughs) It's in the execution where you can make the story work in the new context, or you don't. (coughs) And I didn't see Star Trek Beyond. I didn't see Star Trek Into Darkness. So, you know, I know Into Darkness is the new con reboot. I didn't see it. I don't know... How badly they did it, I know badly they did it, but I don't know how much.
1: Cam, are you talking with your comment there on DS9? I don't hate your jokes. On your comment there, are you talking about just in general they're going to do something and screw it up? Or are you making any references to the current season of Picard?
0: Well, current, current season of Picard is going to bring in some elements from DS9.
1: Well, I know that, but I'm just... I, the comment I made to you last night and some of my thoughts.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, Cam. I don't, Cam have you oh, have you not, have you seen have you seen episode? Three? I'm gonna I'm gonna sit there. I'm gonna recommend if you're a Star Trek fan and if you feel like you've been burned by a lot of the stuff that Kurtzman has been putting out, Picard season three is a turnaround and i i am going to attribute that to terry metallus being the showrunner and to terry metallus basically been given a free hand and <laughs> agreed alex kurtzman and akiva Goldsman don't have anything to do with this show anymore you know kurtzman's off doing his doing his movie stuff and akiva Goldsman's over on strange new worlds and just got a deal that he signed with Warner Brothers Discovery, so Akiva Gold Akiva Goldsman is is on his way out. Now he may still be involved in Strange New Worlds some in some way, but he's done too. So Kurtzman's out, Akiva Goldsman's out. Discovery is done after season five. We have no new announcements uh, for new shows. Developing shows are still in limbo. Uh, uh, Section thirty-one is not happening. The Starfleet Academy show not happening. What happened here? Why did my ca- What happened there?
2: My camera you're just spinning.
0: My camera just did a weird thing. That was very strange. Well, every <clears> time <throat> I tell you you're good looking,
1: you sit there and go. Pfft. So maybe your camera's finally agreeing with you.
0: Well, I don't know what that was. That was That was weird. I didn't. I am I didn't touch anything, and it just. Did that hmm
1: I like the <coughs> fact that right now with Picard and what certain things you know mind i have not i've seen parts i've seen the next generation i've seen the movies for the next generations uh for the most part um but I was just happy that I could understand
0: this episode <laughs> this week. <laughs> It's a, I, it's a it's a pretty good episode. Uh, there there I got a couple of quibbles, but you're always you going to
1: have a couple of quibbles though. I mean that's I, it's just one of those <clears> things. It's not
0: my, ever going to be perfect. Well, the the thing with the thing with Beverly cutting off all contact with the rest of the crew 20 years ago. That one still has yet to be adequately explained to me. Um, it's one of those things where I'm like, eh, it's still, it's still really thin. It's still really thin. But we're really early into the thin. season. <clears throat> I know. It, it, and, you know, they're, they're doing a parallel with Carol Marcus. I don't know why, but they, they are.
1: If it worked once, it worked twice. It, it didn't,
0: it didn't really quite work that time either. So uh, we should
1: expect Cleveland's to come in and kill him? But
0: her? at the same time. Carol Marcus worked because we knew about the blonde lab technician, and so fans had fun with, wait a minute, that blonde lab technician that Gary Mitchell set Jim Kirk up with, was that Carol? And so you had all of these years of speculation that that's who that was and you know the the left it to the imagination uh, yeah and you know the idea that kirk was one of those people who kind of made his way around you know every Got around the important storm but it's that one that one actually works between between uh, picard and beverly however i mean you had in the books and i know the books aren't canon but you had in the books they got married and they had a son Renee, so they could have gone that direction, but they didn't. I don't know. It's I don't know. Mazers. No, I I have not heard anything about the guardian of uh, Guardian of Forever in this. Uh, and everybody so far who has seen all of the episodes uh, has said that it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, it's not a bait and switch. So it's
1: a Guardian of Forever. <clears throat>
0: You just saw that episode when they uh, went back in time, and yeah, she had to die yeah. in order to set. Yeah, okay, you know, okay. Guardian Forever. I, yeah. I,
1: I remember these things. I don't remember names. I'm not like you that can sit there and list the entire cast and crew and all that.
0: Uh huh. Uh huh. He can, uh-huh. guys. All right, Sci-Fi Sob is there? Is here? How are you, sir?
3: Yeah, good. I, you know, you just you just tried to get me in here by just talking about Picard, right? You just... <laughs> You Had I'm to pull me in. I'm
0: still, I'm still waiting for you to start posting videos reviewing the episodes. There. You know? <laughs> yeah,
3: you know, I was, I was gonna do. I was hoping that uh, this episode three would suck really hard, so I could just blast it all. But yeah. um, it is somewhat, it is a little bit better. Yeah. Um, than the previous two. Now, I mean.
0: Before you get started, there's hang still on. Cam, huge Cam, problems. Cam's but... got to leave. Cam, uh, you got to run. Thanks for being here. You Bye, can Cam. catch the rest of it in replay. All right, Snob, go ahead. Sorry about that. Go ahead.
3: So, yeah, if we don't mind, uh, hopefully we don't mind uh, spoilers here. But um, so, I mean, you got, you got a good, this episode, you got a good little back and forth with Picard and Beverly. And I agree with you. I don't really believe it. You know, you have a, I mean, Picard. Picard is not Kirk, right? Picard right. was not a sleep around, a, uh, a babe in every port type of guy. So, I mean, and she gives the reason that, oh, I didn't, everyone was always trying to kill you and it was risky. So, that, I mean, you could have told them, you yeah. could have said, hey, you got a kid, don't contact me because, uh, I, you know, it's dangerous for the kid. Or I mean, and is that the reason why she didn't, she would, and okay, that's, you know, maybe I would believe that It doesn't really make much sense, but well okay, and the other
0: the that. other aspect of that but too is how many, how, what about many other years, friends? how many years did he spend on on the 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 winery at the winery just sitting around not doing anything after he resigned that's right you know I mean yes he's and, got he's got former talshiar as bodyguards, so they clearly recognize there's a threat and there's weapons all over the house, but yeah. he's doddering old man at the house for how many years so
3: yeah, and plus, and, and she couldn't talk to, like, she was only friends with Picard. She's not friends with, uh, you know, uh, Riker yeah. or Data or, oh, she just cut off everybody, right? <clears throat> All these people used, I mean, you know, okay, maybe she cut off Picard, maybe. I mean, I don't buy well, it. Well, but, but
0: if
1: anybody else about found the rest out that she was pregnant, it would have gotten back. So I can well, see yeah. why she would want to cut it off, possibly. Uh, possibly. I'm just throwing that out there.
0: That's, that's okay, still but thin.
3: <clears throat> that's only nine months, right? And then afterwards, she could still talk to her friends, like yeah. send them an email or something, right? Like, right. You know? Yeah. So uh, there's still- When you're talking to them on the base phone, you know, you, you cut off the, you go into different rooms so they can't hear the baby crying? Come yeah. On.
0: There's still parts of that story that I think have yet to play out. Um, at least that's a guess on my part. I I don't know anything about what's coming, um, but I I have a feeling that we're going to get more somewhere in the next couple of episodes. We would almost have to. So I don't I don't know. I but yeah, I, and I'm I'm like Matt Ween. There's a few nitpicky little pieces here and there, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it so far. My biggest my biggest gripe. Is you've got people out there on the the Mary Sue side of things in terms of like the the genre media, who are complaining about Shaw dead naming Seven as if it's a it's a, a a transgendered metaphor, and I'm looking at this and I'm like, no, Shaw doesn't like Borg. Yeah. It's it's an anti Borg yeah. prejudice. He wants her to go by the name Annika Hansen because he doesn't want to be reminded that she was Borg. And there's a there's a story there we haven't gotten yet. But
3: so he, he's a racist. Wanna, then
0: well, people want to make it about you know dead naming as if as if Seven's a transgender character. And I'm like, no, that's not that's not what he's doing.
1: Because well, he did it but, to
0: Picard, too. The first the first episode, he mentions the fact that Picard was Locutus. And, and of course he and Seven are going to be, you know, compatriots because they're both ex-Borg.
1: But see, they've already set that expectation up with the fact that she and, what's her name, had a relationship. You know, had they not ever thrown that in, then it would be less of an obvious want to run there and throw it in your face situation. Well, yeah, but still. But because they went there with the end of season one and through season two, then all of a sudden it doesn't matter that she's, you know, part Borg or was Borg or anything like that.
0: Yeah.
3: Anyway. Oh, I, I I mean I disagree. I think that this is the most horrible thing that's ever happened. And I think all of Twitter should rise up <laughs> and go after Star Trek Picard season three for this dead naming and anti-trans uh, stuff. I mean, I... I think this is the biggest issue of our time.
0: I'm I'm waiting for Moriarty to show up. I'm I'm ready for <laughs> that. I think this is going to be fun.
3: <laughs> might as well get everybody in there, right? Well, now,
0: okay. no, Does we've he, we've no, no. already seen him in the trailers. He he's coming back. So yeah, we because we he know bounced this. off
1: the couch. Win that we know that Moriarty's came coming
0: back because it was in the first the first promo. Everybody went,
1: Ugh. and he did too. I he, did. he 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 like freaked out. Now see with me in this okay. episode, the
0: word freaked out implies a much stronger reaction than what I what I have.
1: Okay, any you sit there and might smile, that's a freak out. I'm just saying. Everybody has a different level of what can be considered freak out. And for you, you did have a freak out. It may not be the same freak out that I would have had or <coughs> anything like that. But, uh-huh. you know, it, it's one of those things. So it's kind of like maybe when your parents saw you for the first time when you were born on this day, you know, fifty-three years ago. But anyway,
3: I I kind of feel like I'm like in a room with a husband and wife fighting, and I'm just sort of like <laughs> backing away slowly to the edge of the room, trying to get out as much as possible. Okay, uh, but but so, no, so talking
1: yeah. about people showing I up, I have I have
0: been in that position on more than one occasion in my own home. I was like, oh, I've just got to back away. <laughs> I just you just you just stand there and be cute. I'm going to go I'm going to go back to work now." But anyway,
1: no, as we're watching the episode yesterday and it comes out to who, you know, the person on the ship was or what they are, and the person that, you know, had been captured in who they are, or what they are, you know, I'm sitting there like, okay, first of all, because we are watching DS9, I get that now better than I would have beforehand, but at the same time, I look at Jason, and I'm, you know, you talk about bringing all the people together, and yeah, we're having the little, you know, reunion of Star Trek The Next Generation for this, and I'm like, crossover crossover can we have Cisco crossover crossover <laughs> because I mean no. if they're going there who else knows well, the, them better
0: the question about Cisco <clears throat> is uh, a couple of things one um is Star Trek going to follow the same route as Star Wars in that all of the stuff that they're making publication wise is that going to be Canon because if it is, then Cisco is back. If it's not, then I, spoilers for the last episode. I can't tell. I can't tell you what's going to happen with because.
1: Wait! It, wait! It, don't I'm ruin, not, it. I'm
0: not gonna ruin it. I'm because not going to ruin it. I'm not going to ruin it. Because when I there sat
1: are, there and turned to him, I'm like, "Did Worf there just are, sit there and ruined?"
0: There the are end of the ways, show? No, there are ways you can bring. There are ways you can bring Benjamin Cisco into this show, but you would have to be creative in how you do it. I'll let me say it that way, because I don't want to spoil it for Mrs. Boss. We're almost to the end of season seven on DS Nine. I don't want to ruin it for
1: her. Yes, please yeah. don't. Please don't. Like I said, I got. I turned to him. I'm like, "Did Worf just ruin this for me?" (laughs) No, no,
0: Worf did not ruin it. Worf did not ruin it. All right, anybody else wants to jump in here? You are more than welcome to uh, to jump in. Somebody asked earlier. You just click on that link uh, that uh, that's there in the. I guess I should pin that to the top. Let me do that because I didn't do that. Let me pin it. Uh, Basically, all you have to do is just make sure that you've got a camera and a microphone that works, and uh, and you can join the conversation, keep it polite, keep it civil, um, be, uh, be on topic, so, stay on topic, stay on topic. Mrs. Target.
3: Boss doesn't know about the end of DS9, then, eh?
0: No, she does not. She does not we know don't, about the end of DS9.
3: We don't mind spoiling this not episode three, so though?
0: Well, I'm this... Listening. Uh, this episode, I, I think the Go ahead.
3: The big reveal is pretty good. Uh, like it's a good, it's a good storyline. If that's what they're going for, right? This yeah, whole... I mean
0: the the connection, the connection to the to the Dominion side of things, uh, I think is interesting, and I like that it now connects the two story threads. Because up until this point, you had two completely different things, and and you know that they're going to overlap at some point. But now we're on we're on two tracks of the same story and, and now now we're in sync a little bit more and I like I like that we've gotten to that point.
3: Yeah, we, we have a villain that I can believe in. Yeah. Right. Like I can, and I always like, hey, what what happened to those guys? Right. If you don't want me to, if you don't want to spoil it. Like what happened to these guys? Like what what are they up to? What's going on with them? And and it makes sense that there's, you know, something going on with them. But then you know, there's still huge problems with the show. Uh, you know, am I supposed to believe that the captain of the, you know, the the Shrike is is a villain? I mean, she looks like my grandma. They're just gonna <laughs> they're just gonna put keep her in the dark and have her, you know, this ninety year old frail woman smoking cigars, and I'm supposed to be scared?
0: You know Come who on. she reminds me of? <clears throat> Stella Mudd. She reminds me of Harcourt Fenton Mudd's wife, Stella.
3: Is that from uh, from, the, from original? the original
0: series? You remember you remember the uh, the episode I mud where he had all the robots?
3: Yeah, uh, I he had, vaguely remember it. He had the the one... They did mud again, but you mean the yeah, original?
0: I'm talking about the original. Yeah, the, they had one. He had one Stella robot made so that when she started hard is that alcohol I smell on your breath? Have you been out carousing? And you know she's shaking her finger. He could tell her to shut up, and she would get quiet. And at the end of the episode, they left. They they left Mud with five hundred of those, and all of them coming (laughs) after him. And 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 Vatic kind of physically Vatic reminds me of Stella Mudd. I I think she's she's the captain of this ship, but she's not the main villain. I don't think. I think she's she's working for someone. Whether it's the whether it's our, our DS nine connection characters or if it's Moriarty or if it's something else, uh, I think I think she's she's a cog in the wheel. She's not the ultimate villain in this thing. We have yet to get that reveal. I think.
3: Still, though, I mean, I would have preferred something, someone a little more, uh, you know, Formidable. menacing.
0: Well, I mean, she's yeah, formidable. She is, I mean, she, she, is became, Christopher she Plummer's was game, daughter. I mean, she's got the acting chops for it. We haven't really seen her do much yet. Yeah. No, no, I no. mean. All right, let's bring Mazeris in here. Mazeris, welcome hey to the program. It's good to see you. I you you've been missing for a while and and I don't know the last time you called in on anything. How are you doing? I have.
2: I've been uh, uh well, I have a girlfriend. So Ah. Um That explains it. Uh, happy birthday, and oh, thank you. that's that's the main reason I'm on here, and to to remind anybody else in the chat or notify them if you didn't know it's Jason's birthday. Yeah, and um, do you not think that uh, lore might actually be a critical component of this? Oh,
0: there's no question.
2: Bad, bad guy. Thing. I mean, he's pretty dang ambitious on his own. Yeah. So, yeah. I, all it would have taken was somebody to reactivate him.
0: I wouldn't be surprised because Daystrom Institute is where they were keeping him. I think, right? I mean, I, that's where they had B4. I know they had B4. That's where B4 there. B4's
2: carcass was. I'm, I don't know where Lore was.
0: I don't remember. If cause... Data
2: was smart, he would have taken Lore apart and. Proverbially scattered him to the four winds of the galaxy. What was the
0: last time we saw Lore? Uh, It was at the end of Descent. It was the Borg, the two Borg episodes. So it's Data shut him down
2: himself. Data shut Mm -hmm.
0: him down. So it's possible that Lore was at the Daystrom. Oh, okay.
2: That's the thing they stole. That's the
0: other thing they stole from the Daystrom Institute. Because you know where they're talking about. You know, well, they stole this portal weapon to distract us from whatever it is else that they stole. What if they stole lore and Moriarty is somehow involved in getting lore reactivated and they're working together and, and working for them.
2: Maybe. I, um, I did also want to say what, what got me in the the stream was when you, you mentioned that woman looks like Stella. I was like, yes, yes. (laughs) The actress looks just like her. And, um, this is pointless, really pointless, disgusting trivia. Uh, Stella actually got a little moment in Discovery with the young oh, mud. Did she? Okay, it was more of a uh, she was more of a young, vulnerable, fetching beauty. And after Mud was uh, effectively shut down for his hijinks in that episode, she was kind of there at the end, going, "Harcourt, where have you been?"
0: Ah, so we got the we got the origin of Stella, huh? For a few seconds, yeah. yeah.
3: I got a picture of her on, uh, you, know,
0: you know, image. I,
2: I am not going Stella to miss. Mud.
0: I'm not going to miss Star Trek Discovery at all.
2: Oh, no, no, about- it oh, uh, should have been ended after season three. That was because so, we got God awful.
0: Besides, besides that, we have the word. And, and Cameron Pasha has reported on this. His insiders at Lucasfilm are saying that. Star Wars celebration this year is going to be a Kathy Kennedy celebration, right? It's, uh-huh. it's her last uh-huh. huzzah on the way out and stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, Kathleen Kennedy is done. Star Trek Discovery is done. And nothing of value was lost. Uh-huh. If we want to have a big party that Kathleen Kennedy is on her way out the door, by all means, yuck it up. Let's have a party that she's out You know, if we want to, some people will celebrate her career, and it's a storied career, no question. I, there's, I'm not denying that. She has been involved at some level on some of the biggest hits in the last forty some odd years. Now, how involved she's been can be can be debated back and forth, but she's been involved at some level. So she's she's got she's got the the history and the track record. But mm-hmm. I am perfectly fine. She's on her way out the door, and we we don't have to hear from her. Well,
2: w- without getting into any names or uh, community circles, I do wonder what is going to happen to the fandom Menace after she's gone. How that's going to reorganize, which it will. Yeah. And the other end of it, I was talking to a friend yesterday. It would be really, really funny um, if she was on the, uh, just one of their, you know stages that they have at celebration and making this heartfelt announcement and she said but this journey is coming to an end and i'm gonna have to move on and the, yeah. the whole auditorium erupts just erupts yeah and just massive applause it's it'll I, be uh,
0: they won't stream that they won't stream that one uh dave's got to run great show happy birthday thanks very much dave it's good to good to have you in here we'll uh we'll see you the next time you run around in here so
3: i heard uh, when birthday. she comes on there to do her big speech they're gonna play uh *Wizard of Oz*, *Ding Dong*, *The Witch Is Dead*.
0: <laughs> I think that would be a little bit too on the nose, um, because you know, for all for all of the detractors that she's got, she does have supporters. She does have people that are in her, in her camp on her side. So, a lot of them, um, a lot of them are, are going to fired too. Well, that's true, but a lot of them. A lot of them are going to be, you know, looking for jobs. They, they need to be updating their resumes now because they're not going to be protected for very much longer, I don't think.
3: I don't know. I think that you should probably have a uh, Nuremberg trial-like thing for those people. Yeah.
0: Well, even afterwards. even if she gets—because she's angling, the word is, she's angling for the same kind of deal that Bob Iger got when he retired, quote-unquote. And, uh, you know, we see that with Susan Wachicki— Uh, You know, she steps down as CEO from from YouTube, but she's still on board as a consultant, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. to YouTube and Google. Well, that was that was what Bob Iger's position was when he stepped down as CEO and he's and he made room for Bob JPEG. And he's Mm -hmm. supposedly retired, but he's still got an office on the on the studio lot. He's still involved as a consultant. and, And the word is. That Kathleen Kennedy is is angling for that same kind of deal, where she would be a paid consultant. Not that they'd listen to anything <clears throat> that she says, but you know, who's the, let's let's just give her an office and and pay her a stipend, give her a
3: figurehead
2: salary, pretty much, yeah.
3: So yeah, what, I mean, ca- what would be camera. the what would be the reason for doing that? I mean, I can see like politics. Uh, there's yeah yeah. I mean, you just want I mean, but yeah, po- politics, but. Like if I'm, if I don't need, if I'm in charge of the business, I don't need those people. Businesses are usually pretty cutthroat. I don't need that person. I'll just throw them to the side. Right. (laughs) Like there's only a couple of, you know, maybe they have dirt on the company. You don't want them going around. That's have they have certain knowledge. You don't want them just writing books and putting that knowledge out there. Is that it? Or, you know, do you want to be able to pull on their, um, their information or you don't want um, their, their knowledge about your business practice to go to your, another you know your competitor perhaps being I think hired by that them that could
0: be that could be part of it i think most of it is kennedy has the history of being one of the most one of the most powerful if not the most powerful female filmmaker producers in the business right now so she's got that that weight of position, so that translates into office politics, and and you have to be yeah. very careful not to make her a target. You know, it's like when you aim, if you if you try to assassinate the king, you better not miss, right? If 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 she's still in a position of any kind of power or influence,
2: she's dangerous, and she's yeah, probably
0: she's- got stuff on people. Uh, same, yeah. same as Leslie Headland probably does that, too. So.
2: That rumor's been in there for mm-hmm. a long time, yeah. and I don't know how true it is. And I can't cite the sources of each interview, but I've heard Cameron say several times over the last three to four years she's going to go out with accolades.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. And, lo- and,
2: and lots of them.
0: And she's going to get the golden parachute, and everybody's going to love her, and 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 all of this, all of this, you know, uh, celebratory <sighs> and and. To be fair, she's got a successful track record. There, there is merit. Uh, there is merit to saying nice things about her because you know ET and Ray, Indiana Jones and, and all of this stuff that she's been involved in.
3: Yes, but so but she's been involved in it, uh, and then when yeah. she sits in the big chair she destroys the franchise well and, we're just
0: and not what, gonna even we're just if, not gonna talk about that part you know, it, yeah it, 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 and even
3: it, if it, let's say that let's say that you i you disagree with me that she's destroyed the franchise and you think that she's the best thing in the world ever happened to the franchise right even saying that she's split the franchise down the middle mm-hmm. wherever you know 50 50 60 40 whatever you want to say yep. i mean how can you say that's successful leadership when you've got you know, maybe half the people love you, but half the people hate you. Well, right? and you like, also have best case the, scenario.
0: You also have the fact that that she, a and, she and Bob Iger are on the outs. You know, so if she's if she's angling for the, the same kind of deal that Iger's got, and she doesn't have a friend at court in Bob Iger anymore, what are the possibilities that she gets that deal? I mean I mean that everything's up in the air at this point. Once once we get past celebration, we'll get some kind of an idea of what's gonna happen because we've got Indiana Jones five and that's supposed to be the last thing, right? And hopefully in in her camp, hopefully Indiana Jones five is such this big hit she goes out on a win. But I don't know that it's gonna do that well. It might I, I mean it might do there's, some. It might do like like Picard. You know, people see this, see the beginnings of it. They're like, "Hey, this is actually this is actually pretty good." You know, or, there's been
2: or so many bizarre rumors around that film, even yeah. more so than Rise of Skywalker before it came out. Yeah. Um,
0: and if even half of them are true, then you know, I don't. But I mean, you know, there's going to
2: be a dud. Uh, I
3: mean. It Everything might. she touches turns to garbage. So I mean It might. But again you know. that
0: goes back to how much how much is hers and how much is Mangold. Because Mangold has said a couple of things that would indicate that maybe some of the stuff that's been going on shenanigans wise behind the scenes is maybe not not within what he's been trying to do. Maybe he's been trying to fix. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, like, like Mazur said, there's so many different rumors swirling around this, this film. There's no telling what anything is going to look like until we actually see it.
3: I mean, the more controversy around a film, the usually
2: the crappier it is, right? Like,
0: well, we're hearing all sorts of a... we're all we're hearing all sorts of positive buzz about the Flash. I,
2: again, remember and what happened much... to to? I bring this one up again. Dungeons and Dragons two thousand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There was so much around that movie, and so much anticipation. And uh, Jeremy Irons was about the only good thing about it. I mean, it just
3: generally speaking, the more you hear about problems in the production of a film or yeah. rewrites or whatever, generally speaking, the worse the film
0: is. Well, and we're hearing how you much know. how much are we hearing about Aquaman two? You know, when when you're on the on the Warner Brothers Discovery earnings call, and David Zaslav says we're not going to put anything out until we know it's ready. And we're hearing what four or five different rounds of reshoots for Aquaman two, and it may not, it may still be bad because the the test screenings were were so poor. You know how are they going to fix that? But I'm yeah. hearing I'm everything that I'm hearing about the Flash. You know, Ezra Miller's issues aside, the 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 movie itself. Everybody that's seen it or seen pieces of it, or what all of the buzz about it has been fairly positive. So,
2: it's. I have you a know. question about that, since you're more in on the lore than I am. Is that, um, is that Henry Cavill's Superman suit on Supergirl? Is uh, that what no. that's meant to convey? No, it's, it's the same color.
0: It's well, it's the same color, but basically, what that design is, and what everybody was expecting. Is this, is this is from an alternate universe story called Injustice. It was based on the, on the mm-hmm. video game. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in the comic book, there's a dream sequence where Lois Lane didn't die, and they had a kid, Lara Lane Kent, and this is what she looked like. Sasha Kai's uh, character looks exactly like Lara Lane Kent. The only difference in the suit is that the legs are all blue, whereas in the comic book she had red boots that came up past her knee. Other than that, she's a dead ringer for Lara Lane Kent. So in the trailer okay. when she says my name is Kara, everybody goes, Hang on, wait a minute. No it's not <laughs> You're you're playing the wrong character because you look like Lara Lane Kent. You're you're not Kara. Kara's blonde. And people are focusing on that complaint, but she she looks exactly like this other character in the comic books.
3: I think her her suit is just kind of a throw to, um, you know, I mean, Henry Cavill's suit in the, you know, uh, Man of Steel and Justice League is that kind of like an updated, you know, more modern version as opposed to the underwear over the tights type of stuff so i think well, if, i mean if I, I wouldn't read any more into other than it's just sort of this oh we want to make them look more modern and they probably stole that you know her suit and that kind of thing to, to put
2: well um, we
0: saw into this there's a shot in Superman. the trailer there's a shot of the suit in the trailer uh folded up so probably the in story explanation since she comes from Krypton, and and in Man of Steel, the suit came. The suit is Kryptonian. It was part. It was in the ship. It's possible that that suit is hers, or some form of of suit came with her when she came to Earth. So it it looks a little bit different because it's maybe coming from a different family or whatnot. Because she's she's not Jor-el's kid. She's um um. Oh crap, what's his name?
3: The wife his wife are sisters, aren't they? Uh
0: no, I think they're, I, I think I think they're brothers. I think her father is oh, Jor-El's uh, brother. Um oh, okay. I have to I have the, to um, go back and look.
3: If you look at this, I mean if you look at Supergirl season 6, you, they updated the suit then and it's got that that same kind of style. Yeah. Like it's like you know to me it just seems like they've, you know, the <clears throat> General, they've sort of moved on from the the, the the you know light the lighter blue, red and white, and they've gone towards a darker blue, and they you know with scales more, yeah. yeah yeah yeah, and that uh, and that, that reflects is... in the in Supergirl, in this one, in this you know in Superman and Man of Steel, and that has <coughs> that has
0: got to be the dumbest trend in costume design that I have seen in the last ten years. What? Dumber on than on nipples? Nipper armor? Not not necessarily not the scales. Dumber than fat nipples? It, you look at you look at uh, uh, JJ Trek you look at the the of the Snyderverse stuff the Superman suit the the, the Trek uniforms they have the, the symbol is the texture. It, the scales are actually a, a, a raised texture shape for the Superman suit it's the little it's the Superman shield all over the suit for the for the uh, for the Star Trek uniforms it's the Delta. Is all over the shirt. I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And why would you do that? That's ridiculous.
3: It sounds like that's, a that's uh, counterfeiting part- technique.
0: That's party warehouse costume. That's that's not. I mean, come on. <laughs> but there's this trend everybody's doing. I was like, stop doing that. It looks ridiculous.
3: I I still don't think it's worse than bat nipples, but uh,
0: well, there's that. I think it's on the same, I, 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 maybe on, not quite on the same level, but maybe. I mean, it's just, it, 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 there's no functional reason for it to be there. There's no aesthetic reason for it to be there. If you want to have a textured outfit, that's fine. But this, Star Trek especially, they put the Delta on everything. In modern Star Trek, I don't need to see the. I don't need to see the little badge on everything. You don't need to put it on the floor. You don't need to put it on every single desk. You don't need to put it on the back of the chairs. You don't need to put it on the consoles. I know this is a Starfleet chip.
3: Now, come on, Jason. Uh, people cannot. You know, I'm a designer. I'm a costume and uh, set designer. I mean, how am I going to get paid if I use the same thing? I got to change stuff.
0: <laughs> well, otherwise they're not going to pay me. And that's fine, but that i don't i just i just look at that and i thought that's just so unimaginative so it's lazy I was, yes i know i'm watching star trek i know i'm on i'm on a starfleet ship you don't need to put the ship you don't need to put the the shape everywhere i and it is it is everywhere you know picard's even doing it it's it's all over the place it's like i don't need to see the badge all over the place keely has got to go. Thanks for a great show. Thanks for being here. Good to have you with us. Speaking of Warner Brothers Discovery, let me, let me pop this up here real quick. Um, $15.44 uh, is the share price for Warner Brothers Discovery. And it continues to go up. And over the year, it's it started to climb from a, from a decline. Let's see, it was, I think, 8 87 I see is the lowest price from December of 2022. Over the past year, it's starting to climb up. Meanwhile, Disney is sitting at 100 and 77 cents. Starting to uptick. but look at this decline over the last month. Over the last year, it's just been bouncing all over the place. So it's I think I'd say now I am not an investment broker. I'm not a financial advisor at all this is just me looking at this i'm thinking you know what fifteen dollars a share for warner brothers discovery might be worth a look i don't know but that's just me
2: <laughs> all right Danny. i'm off to buy better be,
0: right. <laughs> better be right yeah right
2: well um I've got to run back to work. I, I do thank you for having me. It's funny. I was going to get on here and make this big announcement. Hey, did you know that Star Wars Theory interviewed Emily Swallow and she said, this is the way. And I just realized right as I was coming on, that video was a freaking year ago. So <laughs> I shifted yeah. it to Star Trek.
0: Well, that's, you know, it's it's fine. I mean, there's so many, I keep running across things that are being reposted and being shared. And they're, you know, three months old, six months old, and and that sort of thing. So it's nice that they're still circulating. Uh, but yeah, you got you got to watch that kind of stuff because it's like, hang hang on, this is not. Is this new? Yeah, I I've I've gotten caught by that myself a couple of times.
2: So. Yep. Yeah. Well, hope the rest of your birthday is well, sir. All and, right. Thank uh, you, Mazers. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks. All right.
0: Hondo says hi. <laughs>
3: So uh, uh speaking of the Mandalorian didn't that start already?
0: yes Yesterday? yes Wednesday Wednesday we got a brand Wednesday? new episode of season three
3: nobody's talking about it
0: uh not really um mm. I mean I've seen some chatter online about it and it really did feel like a few different video game cutscenes I mean what surprises me is the discussion about Gina Carano this week and Cara Dune because ahead of the season premiere on Wednesday, I think on Monday, we got a deadline article basically saying, well, you know, how do how do you solve a problem like Cara Dune? You know, what are they going to do? Because there's a lot of chatter. She was figured in very prominently in the first season and all this And there's been interviews with Dave Filoni and talking about how there are so many different characters fighting for attention in space in the in the Star Wars uh, universe right now. And it was kind of hand wavy, but it was an acknowledgement on the one hand that Cara Dune is still out there. They haven't completely written off the character. And on the other hand, it's also saying, well, she's not going to be part of this one, and don't get your hopes up. But in the show, the first the first episode, we've got Grief Karga basically in in show saying, you know she got recruited by the by the New Republic and she's now uh, on on covert operations. So they've explained her absence in the show as the character, which means they're not likely to recast her. And I'm wondering if this, and and I asked Cameron about this. I, I, I sent him an email. I was like, have you, have you seen this? Is this, is this the trial balloon to see how people react to the possibility that Gina could come back? And he says, this is just a bunch of corporate speak. This is, this is a nothing, this is a nothing thing. So there's no yeah. there's no chance that Kara that Dune is going to actually be coming back. But what if after Kathleen Kennedy de- departs, maybe Favreau decides, okay, it's time to do it. Because Rangers of the New Republic is back in development. But they're going to have Timothy Oliphant in that role, not Gina Carano as the lead. They're retooling it to be centered around his character, Instead of instead of Kara Dune. But if if she comes back they could both be in that and, and co lead.
3: I was I mean I was never a big fan of the character. I mean I think they did her pretty dirty, the the actress. Yeah but I mean I didn't think the character was that great. But it just seems like a lot of like you said, corporate speak, I mean they're like you know, they always have to talk about oh, well, she's off somewhere like does anyone really care I mean the only reason anyone cares is because the controversy over the actress, where they fired her because she said right. something on Twitter. I mean, that's the only reason they're even mentioning her. Otherwise, but at the why same would it time, come up?
0: At the same time, though, they could have said that she was dead, and they didn't. So that door is still slightly open. I don't know. Yeah. It, it it just feels like they're hedging their bets a little bit. Uh,
3: for sure. And that's my point, is that yeah. it's just it's just, like you said, corporate speak. They're just simply trying to, you know, they're trying to push the controversy aside. I mean, they should never have had the controversy in the first place, right? right? Like, well, and I, I mean, think
0: the other thing, too, is, uh, uh, was it, what was it? I think it was WDW Pro was talking about this. The fact that the the way this stuff is arranged, and I I was not aware of this until I saw this report, apparently— John Favreau's company, Gollum Productions, has been contracted by Disney to make these shows. He's not working for Lucasfilm. He's making these shows as a as a production deal with Disney and Lucasfilm. And he's not—he's not an employee of Lucasfilm, which means that all of the characters that he and Dave Filoni have created—the Mandalorian, um, uh, Grogu, uh, Cara Dune, Grief Karga—all of those belong to Favro apparently. And this rumor that we had about Grogu showing up in a movie with Ray, not likely to happen because Favro owns the character, and they'd have to make a deal really? with him in order to get him in a movie.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, that's probably was. I'm assuming that you know what you're saying. That would probably be their response to keep KK out of it, right? Like to keep her from meddling, yeah, too much into it. If you, if you know, if it's two years ago and I'm like, hey, this is a problem. She gets her fingers in everything and wrecks it. I'm gonna hire this guy outside. He's gonna work for Disney and then he's gonna make this stuff, right? Like that's what you would do to to get her out of the yeah. loop, right? Like that would you know, that would be your, um, you know, they can license characters over. It does seem to lessen the their ability to do that but you know that's how you would damage control right i can't get rid of this woman because you know there'll be a big thing but i'm gonna cut her out here's a way to cut her out
0: and if the rumors are true that favreau went to bob chapek and says i'm not working with kathy i'm 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 dealing directly with you guys here at disney or i'm out then that that kind of lends a little bit of of credence to to what kind of a deal he had maybe yeah. And then you look at what Chapek, you know, the, the, the news that we got coming out with DeSantis' book where he's talking about that private conversation he had with Chapek on the back end, you know, on, on the, you know, behind the scenes with regard to the uh, Parents and Education Act, uh, the, where Chapek basically said, hey, I'm getting a lot of pressure. What if?
3: Where's that pressure I'm, coming from?
0: Well, that pressure was coming from internal. That pressure, yeah, he but, says, I've got all these, all these people, you know, and and then of course we had the hostage video. But what if? And and this is pure speculation on my part. I have nothing to back this up. But what if that conversation between Bob Chapek and Ron DeSantis included DeSantis sitting there going, you know, if you push this, you're going to lose Reedy Creek, and Chapek says, I'm fine with that. They got to get their comeuppance. What if, Chep, what if Chap what if sacrificed Reedy Creek in order to do you know to deal a blow to the, the the diversity crowd that's messing things up for the rest of the business. You guys push uh, this, you're going to lose this and I know it's a reach. I I I know it's a reach what about? But that to me kind of feels like a a strategic thing. With Chapek just getting his deal, you know, because he had just been renewed, unanimous vote of the board. This whole thing with him getting fired was completely out of left field, and we think it's because of that FTX stuff. And so it's possible, and I'm not saying it's likely, I'm just throwing this out there, that what if Chapek had had plans and said, okay, we're going to do this, this, that to fix things, and of course how many how many people are, are getting laid off right now that are all in HR and the diversity division, which was Chapek's plan, but Iger's implementing it. Yeah, and it, I, I and mean... it just It's one of those things where like something doesn't add up with regard to Chapek's getting fired, and it has to be the FTX thing, but what if he had the conversation with DeSantis, and he said, okay, if we lose Reedy Creek, we lose Reedy Creek, that'll give me more ammunition to fire all these troublemakers.
3: I mean, when you think about it, like it's when he talks about, I'm getting pressure from, you know, below my tendency would be think, oh, it's, it's the lowest level. Disney employees are, are, you know, agitating, but in, you know, truth, why would he listen to them? Right. It's gotta be, that's gotta filter up. It's gotta be his, you know, his second line, his middle manager, his middle manager. Yeah. Or, or just below that. Right. Right. Like it can't yeah. be the rank and file. I mean, maybe the rank and file pressure the 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 mid levels and they pressure the high levels. But it's got to be some people at the high level pushing this. Otherwise, he would never hear it yeah. and wouldn't care about it. Agreed. So I, you know, using I mean, it makes sense using this as a, a, a cudgel to, to, you know, break the backs of the people who are, you know, nipping at his heels. I mean, that. and that I want to I want to think I mean,
0: the fact that he's not said anything and hasn't done any interviews anywhere one he's probably under some kind of an NDA two they really want to keep you know the reason he's under an NDA is cuz they want to keep him quiet because whatever it is that he's got to say would blow things up that that's well, yeah. again speculation on my part but that's the only reason i can think of why chapek would keep quiet this whole time
3: yeah i mean he's probably got an NDA but my 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 question is how bad is the loss of this this special um the special uh, area that Disney has. Like, how well, much of a loss it, to Disney is that?
0: Puts, it puts Disney on the hook for $700 million in taxes that they have to pay back. So um, that's that's a it, fair amount. It, it eliminates their autonomy in terms of self-governance. And the, the original plan for Reedy Creek involved setting up the ex the experimental city of tomorrow, right? That what what became what was supposed to be Epcot to begin with was supposed to be this futuristic tomorrowland city development. And that was what the deal was back in nineteen sixty seven when Reedy Creek was first put together. You know, Walt Disney came in and said, I want to build a city. I want to build an experimental city of the future And they didn't get that. They instead we got Theme parks and resorts and hotels and Epcot became this giant metal ball with a roller coaster in it. And that deal was different than what every other park had in terms of development and special districts and all of that. And so now that's gone. And they get the same kind of treatment as SeaWorld or Universal Hollywood, you know, Universal Studios Hollywood or any of those places. And you know, a lot of people were saying, why do they keep comparing it to SeaWorld? It's because SeaWorld's been around almost as long as the as the Reedy Creek District as Disney as Disney World. So
3: So, so the question becomes, you know, seven hundred million dollars plus all this other, you know, not you know, things that can't be necessarily monetarily uh quantified, is that worth is the loss of that worth sticking it to the people who are, you know, quote, nipping at your heels. Like that's the, that's where your, your, your theory kind of becomes. And I know, I noticed what about in the chat? He's like, you know, he's sort of, he's not believing the theory. He's saying, yeah, people are really straightforward. (laughs) And I think generally that it's, it's, he's, he's right. Like, yeah, again, again, it's a theory. People aren't as smart as we think they are. It's a theory,
0: uh, but it's, it, it kind of lines up with, if you if you take a look at what David Zaslav's doing over at Warner Brothers Discovery, for example, and the focus getting back to we need to produce a product that makes us money, and ChaPek's doing the same kind of thing where he's sitting there thinking it's it's got to be, you know, you've got all this stuff in the pipeline like like Lightyear and Strange World and all these things with the not so secret gay agenda filtered into it and he knows he's got to get rid of all of this stuff. So if there's a political consequence on the corporate side of things to what his corporation people are doing, then he's got more justification to go to the board and say, these people just cost us our autonomy in Reedy Creek. We need to get rid of them. But they, they, they fired him Before he could implement that stuff. But now Bob Iger is back and he's implementing the same plan. But the way they're positioning it is that Chapek was woke and now Iger is fixing the woke. Well, Iger started all of the woke. Chapek now becomes the scapegoat instead of the instead of the, the White Knight hero who saved Disney.
3: Yeah, I mean it's, it's thin. It's, you know, it's... it's thin.
0: I'll admit it's thin. I don't see Zaslav or Chapek being like Bob Iger. I I think Chapek got blindsided. I think he got uh, I think he got a knife in the back from Christine McCarthy, um, because the stuff that they were talking about doing would have improved things at Disney, and it was similar to what we see Zaslav doing over Warner Brothers. And they've cut their debt down by seven billion dollars, which is well over what they were expecting to do at this point. So, you know, Zaslav's doing something right over there.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, it's just it's an interesting, you know, thought process. But I, you know, I guess yeah. I don't know that we'll ever know the You know, who knows the ends? I'm not. I'm not. The, I'm not. You know. You a know, political corporate guy. I whoever, don't know about these kind of guys. Whoever. Who knows what happens at that highest level? Whoever Maybe
0: it is worth gets it. Bob Chapek's first interview is going to get all sorts of attention. That first interview with Bob Chapek coming back out of wherever he is right now is going to be a doozy.
3: Have you put in for that yet, Jason?
0: I, I would love to. I would love you
3: to. Send him an email or.
0: I, I should. I should get on IMDb Pro and look up his representation and and say, hey, nobody watches our show anyway. Come and talk about it. No,
3: you don't (laughs) say that. You say, we're the top Kansas City uh, Midwest uh, science fiction show. Got to build it up.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, (laughs) speaking of Kansas City science fiction show, I got to go work on the other show that we've got for tomorrow, uh, so we're going to close out today. Thanks very much for being here, Snob.
3: All right, no problem. Happy birthday.
0: Thank you very much. And thanks to Mazurus for joining in and, uh, and sharing his thoughts. Again, this is something we do every week. Uh, y'all, can, uh, y'all can call in and share your thoughts very much like Sci-Fi Snob did, like uh, Mazerus done, like MS has done in the past. Uh, Death Angel Shadows jumped in. So uh, so you can all be a part of this. Cam's been in here before, and, and Stephanie, and, and it's always good to have a, a, a multitude of perspectives on this stuff, and this is where you all get a chance to share, uh, share what you think uh, about things. Now, I mentioned uh, Good Morning Multiverse. That is tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central... So join us for that. We've got the week's headlines in science fiction, fantasy, horror. So, uh, so, uh, join us for that. And, uh, the other part of this social media stuff, we've got all these channels, all these platforms, all these different ways you could connect with us and continue the discussion. I do want to encourage you to be over on our discord server, uh, where you can, uh, jump on various different topics and discussion threads, so there is that. We've also got our subscribe star back. Uh, so if you want to to support us financially, you can do that, or you can send us a tip. Uh, you can send us a tip uh, through Odyssey. Uh, we had a couple of people do that this week. Very much appreciated. So uh, so there's that as an option as well. All right, that's going to do it for us today open line friday is done another one in the can and um it's always good to have all of you with us and we will do this again monday uh monday we've got a guest who we got a guest monday's monday's got a guest we've got a guest on monday i can't remember the name uh her book is after the rapture so we're going to be talking on monday All sorts of stuff going on next week. So join us and uh, be sure to connect on the social medias so uh, you see when we post links to things. And we'll do this again. I appreciate all of you being here. Thanks very much for everything that you guys do to support us. Remember, there are four lights. (laughs) This has been a presentation of SciFi4Me.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to scifi For me Radio.